Hello, everybody. Welcome. As we continue on in our study uh, of the Old Testament now, we're working through Genesis together currently. We, uh, we spent five years working through the New Testament. Now we're working on the Old Testament. We're 17 weeks in here to Gen Genesis chapter 17. Um, you know, I think it's very important to look through the Scripture this way so you hold it in context. And um, I think it's just it's good for us to take time to work through the Bible together. So that's what we're doing. It's a, uh, it's a long-term commitment, but that's okay. We're good until Jesus comes back, I figure. So uh, we'll just keep plugging along and uh, we'll get through it together. Lots of stuff comes up as you read through the scriptures this way. Um, so now basically in Genesis what we're reading about is the life of Abram, Abraham. Um, remember I said the first 11 chapters of Genesis are sort of about four major events. You know, the, the creation, the fall, the flood, and the Tower of Babel, and the dispersion from there. And then um, from 12 on, 12 through 50, it's basically about the four sort of main guys um, and, and everybody that relates with them that come up next, Abram, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. And so we're now looking at their lives, and, and they're sort of divided up through this thing. And um, we're looking at the life of Abraham right now. And Abram, he's going to get his name changed this chapter. So we can just stick to one name. But, uh, but he's still technically Abram until halfway through this chapter. And then he gets a name change. We'll talk about that. Uh, um, you know, you've seen Abraham, the, you know, the father of the faith is what he's called. He's got a lot of faith. He's moved everything. You know, he's followed after God. He's believed in the promises of God. God you know, has a covenant that he's made with Abram with these promises in it. And yet we saw how they got a little tired of waiting. Uh, last week we looked at uh, Genesis 16 and, and uh, how you know, Sarah said to him, maybe it's not going to happen. Why don't you take Hagar? And, and, uh, which was a custom of the time if the wife wasn't having babies. And, Abram said yes, where he should have said no, and Ishmael came out and started a problem. They got problems with that, but that's going on. Um, and that had been after walking for about 10 years. Now, um, we've moved in time another 10 plus years, 13 years, I think, something like that. Um, and apparently there hasn't been a whole lot of interaction between, uh, between God and Abraham in this process. Um, and so... Uh, there may have been, but it's not recorded for us. And things are going to change now. Some things are going to start really happening in Genesis um, chapter 17. One of the names of God is introduced to us in this chapter, El Shaddai. Most of you have heard that if you've been a believer for a while. It's you know, one of the Hebrew names of God. The songs were written about it and stuff, so that's why we've heard it. It's translated as uh, Almighty Shaddai is 48 times in the Old Testament. And... Uh, it's almost always translated that way in the New Testament, in the Greek, Greek equivalent, except in Revelation 19, where it's uh, translated omnipotent. So that's Shaddai. El is the name of God that speaks of power. And uh, uh, Shaddai then is uh, to be strong, or it might be the word to be, you know, for mountain. And... Uh, so El Shaddai, is, it means the all-powerful, all-sufficient God who can do anything and meet any need. I kind of like that. So that's El Shaddai. The all-powerful, 
all-sufficient God who can do anything and meet any need. But you might wonder why at this time would God reveal that name to Abram. Um, and, and like I said, it looks like it's at the end of 13 years of basically silence. Uh, and, and I think that he's introduced that way now because he's going to tell Abram, um, hey, uh, Sarah's going to give birth to a son. And, and uh, now that both of them are sort of beyond the even possibility of being capable of doing this. Remember I said part of the promise was God was going to do something that only God could do. They both had to get sort of old enough to get into this process. And, and so Abraham, uh, God comes and introduces himself as all-sufficient, all-powerful. Nothing is too hard for him. And um, in this chapter alone, God says, I will 12 times. So you'll need to see that as it comes up. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's interesting that God consistently meets with Abram at the point of his need. Um, after the battle... Um, uh, you know, with the four kings, uh, God came and, and called himself, told Abraham that he was his shield. Uh, and uh, uh, the, after the, uh, the encounter that Abraham had with um, the king of Salem and Melchizedek, and how Abram said he wouldn't take the wealth that came from that battle, uh, God told him that, that he was his exceedingly great reward. I like that. So God is meeting Abram at the point of his need with, with how he introduces himself in the process. And now that, that Abram and Sarah, um, they're, they're as good as dead technically, um, that, that, you know, as far as childbearing goes, that God is more than able to bring about the miracle birth that he's talking about in them. And so that's what we're going to see happen. And so he's introduced as El Shaddai for that process. Uh, we're also going to see uh, how, you know, Abram and Abraham is going to walk before God um, and... and uh, we were introduced, um, you know, previously to Enoch, Enoch and Noah. They had walked with God. It's a little different in the context here. And um, that what, what God is asking of Abram is to walk um, before him uh, in, in, a, in a life of, you know, devoted, uh, uh, single-heartedness, um, wholly devoted to the Lord. Uh, you know, to the, the best life that he can walk out before God. None of us can walk out a perfect sinless life because it's not possible, but we talk about it all the time here. He was calling him to live by trying to do the next right thing. That's what it looks like um, in this chapter. And, and so, you know, our heart should always be to conform to the will of God. That's, that's what that's all about, to, to live for him uh, as close to him as we possibly can. And really the, the way that we, and what's talked about in Genesis 17, the way that we, we at least approach that is um, by having a personal relationship with God, a life of worship and prayer and, and, and obedience and, and, uh, and a willingness to yield to Him in our lives, knowing that, that He is, you know, God Almighty, El Shaddai, and that um, He's able and we should follow Him. So that's kind of a preamble into it. Let's get into Genesis 17. 27 verses. I'll read them all to you. I'm going to read out of the NIV. You can follow along on the notes or in your translation. It might show up overhead even. And then uh, we'll go from there. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. 
For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come for you. From you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you, now are, uh, where you are now an alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you, for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision. It will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. I, her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abram, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be mourned? to a man of a hundred years old will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90 and Abraham said to God if only Ishmael might live under your blessing then God said yes but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him as for Ishmael I have heard you I will surely bless him I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers he will be the father of twelve rulers and I will make him into a great nation but my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household or bought with his money, every male in his household, and circumcised them as God told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13. Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that same day. Every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, was circumcised with him. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, and we got things happening in uh, Genesis 17, as I talked about in the intro. And just want to highlight a few more things. Um, so, verse 1, you know, the Lord says to Abram, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Um, that's what he's called to. And it's basically the same message that he gives to us today. We're to um, obey the Lord because he's God. Um, and, and uh, you know, he, he, is, he is who he is. And, and really, that's, it's more than reason enough. Um, but, uh, but beyond the fact that just because he's God is enough, God is good and amazingly good and loves us and cares for us and is with us and for us. And so... Um, all of that just makes sense. But, you know, our part in that is to live the kind of life he calls us to. And so we need to remember that. It's not a, it's not a performance thing, but it's, a, it's because of who he is and what he's done for us already. Our heart's desire should be, Lord, I just want to live my life for you. Lord, you know, uh, that's the heart that, that needs to happen in all of us. Lord, I just want what you want. And um, that's the process that he's leading us in all the time through everything and knowing that he's El Shaddai you know the all powerful almighty God who who's, can make anything happen certainly also 
very helpful for us in knowing in the process. And then um, in verse 5, um, you know, in the Bible in particular, people's names, very important. Names are still important, but not to the degree they were then. Uh, a name actually described a person's character or experience. And, um, and so before um, Isaac was going to be born, and God actually changes Abram's name. Now, Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of many or father of multitudes. There's a little shift there. And uh, had to be pretty interesting, you know, because up to this point, as far as we know, he's only had Ishmael. Um, so to be called the father of multitudes when, you're, when you've got one 13-year-old kid is pretty interesting. <laughs> Don't you think? I think God's funny that way. You are the father of multitudes. I got this one little guy right here. And, and, and Abraham's, you know, like... <laughs> it's funny to watch what happens uh, in the process. But... Um, God is God, right? And so, and, and ultimately, it's, I mean, God's never wrong. Abraham is the father of multitudes. Because not only the descendants, you know, all of the people of Israel, but all of Ishmael's descendants, who ended up being a lot of the Arab-speaking peoples, all sprang out of Abraham. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, all of, those, all of those peoples came out of, so he was, in fact, the father of multitudes. Very, very interesting. And then um, God makes this covenant with him, and there's a, there's a symbol that goes along with the covenant. And uh, it was uh, for a couple of reasons, and, and that was circumcision. Uh, and uh, so, so, you know, that was Abraham's whole... That's, Abraham just had to obey um, and circumcise all the males in his households, and that God, on his part, would give Abraham heirs, property, power and wealth. Um, and, and so that's how God is, you know. Um, it's not like that's an even deal, right? That's not a, even close to a fair trade. Um, and, and God's never like that. God just wants us to learn to live, in, you know, a life that, that blesses and pleases Him. And um, what He gives back always outweighs what we, if, if there is anything that we give up. I mean, sometimes we think we're giving stuff up, but we're really not giving anything up that we wouldn't want to give up anyway. But why circumcision? Um, for one, it was a sign of obedience, and um, it also was a sign of belonging to his covenant people. Um, because once circumcised, the man would be identified as one of God's chosen people. Uh, and and you know, the, the Jewish people, ultimately, you know, is what it was. And so it was sort of a picture of a cutting off of the old life of sin, of purifying one's heart, and of dedicating some, you know, oneself to God. And um, there was also some um, health benefits to it that God required. Um, but, it, but it really separated God's people. That, that practice separated God's people from all of the sort of people worshiping false gods around them, probably more than any other. And so this was very important in establishing a, a sort of a true, pure worship for the people of God. Sarah... Um, uh, in verses 15 to 16, um, she finally is, 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 she knows now that she's going to be given a son, so she will have a son, and, and, um, and so the, the promises that we've heard will come through Sarah, not through, uh, you know, Hagar, as she had supposed before. Abraham laughs, uh, but I, and I don't think it was a, a laugh of um, unbelief. 
you know, like a, like a sneer or a snicker. I think it was uh, just delight at the improbability of the event to be, you know, nearly 100 and to have God come and tell you. So part of me chuckles at that. You know, just to be called the father of multitudes had to be, you're changing my name, really? I got this one little guy over here. Okay. You're God. I'm in. But he does say, right there, right after he last, you know, how about, how about Ishmael? Let, let Ishmael live ever before. I'm, thank you for calling me. I, I get the, he say, thank you for calling me the father of multitudes. That's cool, God. You're cool. But I got this one little guy. How about if we just work through him? Because I'm 99 now. Right? This guy's 13. I had him at 86. That was kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. And, you know, I love Sarah to pieces, but she's 90. <laughs> so how about we go with Ishmael? He's we got this one in the bank, God. And he's like, no, no, no. I'll bless him too because you want me to, but not in a different way. The covenant's going to be with the son that Isaac, uh, that Sarah has, and that's Isaac. The blessing, the covenant, says 1920, are reserved for Isaac. But uh, a lot of other blessings were promised. Some common blessings were, were abundantly promised to Ishmael as well in the journey. So, um, so all that stuff's kind of happening in Genesis 17. I think it's a neat chapter. Uh, and... Uh, you know, again, the heart of it, uh, you know, make sure you get that, that just like uh, today, God still calls us to live lives of obedience, but, but our willingness to do that um, will, you know, he meets us there and then blesses that life in ways that, that are always worth it. And, and anything that we think we're giving up, we're really not giving up anything worth having anyway. So that's kind of the issue in Genesis 17. That's the big part. More to come next week, but that's good enough for today. Uh, if you're watching my video, thanks for doing that. Appreciate you doing it. We're going to uh, 